Hey guys, and welcome back to Lumis Maxima, the podcast with bright ideas about all things Harry Potter. I'm Sarah. And I'm Delaney, and we're your hostess with the most. This podcast will contain spoilers, mature language, adult themes, and a lot of opinions. Each week, we analyze Harry Potter themes, content, characters, and more. And we even do some extra stuff to keep it fun and fresh. Now that you know the deal, let's get into the real stuff in this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. It's another episode of Lumos Maxima. We are getting into the best of the best episode this week. I was going to say, this is... We are back with the episode. With the episode is probably a better way to phrase it. This is the, <laughs> the final installment of our controversial character series, which is kind of exciting because I think it's been a series that's really investigated the complex nature of a lot of characters that some of them we love, some of them we don't love. You know, it's good to take a deep dive sometimes because you may find that how you feel about a character is not how you thought you did. So and I and I also think it's one of JK's biggest strengths is creating complex characters. Oh, so definitely. this has been a really good series. Especially when she wrote about the character that we talked about in last episode, and we're talking about this episode, which is Severus Snape. So mm-hmm. he has long been hailed as one of, I would say, the most controversial characters in Harry Potter. I think Yeah, I'd probably say the most. The most. Yes. Um at least one of the most talked about online. I know when I read through forums when I'm looking um to talk with people about the books Severus Snape takes up a lot of space <laughs> a oh lot, yeah a lot a lot and it's um it's interesting because there are I would say probably three camps instead of two with this character uh-huh. one is totally redeemed one right. is totally unredeemed and then I'm finding that there's also a large portion of people who are very gray about Snape um uh-huh. and I'm I used to be totally not redeemed and I'm moving more towards, I think the gray camp as I get older, because you just look at situations differently after you have time to really think about them. Um, but I can say it with certainty that I still think he's a bad human being because oh, for sure. bad people can do good things and good people can do bad things. And to think that that's not the case is dumb. So, yeah. And I think that's the complexity that you get as you, get older and that's where that gray comes in for sure also i'm sick so sorry everyone if i sound I'm just sick, about to say I i'm on the verge of being sick so this is like the episode of the raspy voices sorry yeah and the nasally uh, sorry about it i'm drinking tea right now i hoped it was gonna fix something but it didn't so <laughs> the weekly wizarding question this week is brought to you by the fact that i finally got on the list for audiobooks at my local library and out of all of the books um half-blood prince is the one that pops up first high five so that's what i started with and this week's weekly wizarding question is why can snape fix malfoy in half-blood prince after harry sacrum sempras him and i mean he gets him collarbone to hip bone he pretty much cuts him in half right so Snape is able to fix him, but in Deathly Hallows, Snape does the same curse on George, cuts off his ear, and there's a big deal about how it can't be fixed um, because it's dark magic. And I mean, we've seen it before where if it's dark magic, it can't be fixed. Example would be Dumbledore with the Horcrux ring. Uh Um, 
you can't fix a lot of dark magic. So why can Snape fix Malfoy? And the only thing I can think of is it's Snape's spell. Uh Uh-huh. And so then he gets to decide what happens with it. I don't know. So I have two lines of thought with this. And yes, one of them is that it's not just dark magic. It's a spell that Snape made up. So he Mm -hmm. is probably going to be the best person to fix it if anybody Mm -hmm. can. The other line of thought that I was thinking was, yes, Harry kind of cuts him in half, but not like, not like fully. He's not fully in half. Harry's not super good at this spell. You know, it's kind of the first time he's ever really used it, maybe. Right. Whereas Um, George's ear is completely severed off and they probably don't have the ear. It's probably gone. Whereas Snake could just kind of like fuse everything back together. They would have had to create a totally new ear. Yeah, that's also true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. There is, there's a lot of odd distinction between what magical healers can do. You know, it mm-hmm. takes, they can't um, regrow bones. It takes forever for them to regrow bones. But there's other stuff that they can fix, like broken noses and stuff in an instant. So, right. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I did kind of think maybe Harry didn't have the right intent behind it. Because I was mm-hmm. thinking about um, the unforg- unforgivable curses and how... You know, there are people who've tried to do them, but if you don't have the correct intent behind it, you don't get the right results. You know, it may confuse the person, but it's not going to last. You may be able to influence the person a little bit, but you don't have complete mind control kind of thing. So maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Follow-on question would be, do we think that this was a mercy curse by Snape? Or do we think that this was Snape being like, I want to hurt this person? You mean when he cut off... George's yeah, because I've seen a lot of people say that um, Snape had to do something in the moment, so he cut off an ear, which isn't, you know, life-threatening by any means. And then I've seen other people say, yeah, Snape probably just missed the head he was trying to cut off. Um, I think Snape is too talented to just miss it and right. cut off an ear. I think it was on purpose, yes. And then he could always play it off as, like, yeah, I was aiming for his head. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I think. Um, I mean, I know that Snape hates people in general, but yes. I think it would be very difficult for his relations with the Order of the Phoenix to kill the child of half of the Order of the Phoenix. So. Yes, I, yeah, no. I don't think that it was a, just a mere miss and he was actually trying to kill George. I think it was a cover-up of trying to act like he was trying to kill him. Yeah, it was on purpose. Uh-huh. So there you go. We got controversy right off the bat. Boom. Boom. Roasted. Okay. So, <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> last week, we got in-depth in the history of Snape, his family, his time at Hogwarts, um, his story to the end. Spoiler. He dies. So. Yeah, in case you didn't week, know. Yeah, in case you weren't aware that that's why the whole story works. It's, I will say, I don't think that people give Snape enough credit as a very important character because reading... Oh, he's a vital character. He he seems like a villain a lot of the time. Um, And I would definitely say that it may take a couple reads, especially if you start reading the books when you're younger, which the first time around, you know, I didn't really get it. I really hated Snape. And then you read it a little bit more and you realize he's very integral to the actual takedown of Voldemort. He's very important and how this all plays out so absolutely yeah but you can still hate him and i that's one yeah. of the issues that i have with people is they're like but he did something good and i'm like yeah but people but do, it doesn't negate everything right people do good things all the time 
there's not a karmatic ladder where you do something good and you climb up three rungs and then you do something bad and you go back to that's not how it works right just be a bad person who makes a good decision once in a while and people are like you know what we're chill bro it's good hitler saved the german economy and then he ran a genocide of millions of people (laughs) you know like it's not like yeah it's just really good things don't negate really horrible things and i'm sorry snape did both of them really good and really bad only you would use hitler and the german economy as an example (sighs) i'm sorry but there's a lot of hitler-esque things in harry potter yes yes there are and we'll talk about that in a different episode for sure yeah definitely Um, so we're gonna quickly get into some personality traits talk a little bit about Snape as a person and as an individual before we get into all of the controversy that surrounds him. I think we have a fairly comprehensive list about why people find him so controversial. But I as think so. always, if there's stuff that we've missed, send it in because this is a topic that we really do want to talk about. Um, uh-huh. Normally we ignore your emails, but this one we would read. <laughs> so... It's not ignoring. It's more like, oh, yeah, we have an email. Yeah, we forget that we have an email, and then we find these very nice emails from people, and we feel really badly. Really yeah. badly. So. Sorry. Snape, first and foremost, broods a lot. He's very brooding. He is. He's <laughs> always plotting, and he's always kind of broody, and I would just think that it would be very difficult to work with him. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> He's just got to be, I mean, there's a reason why the Hogwarts teachers hate him. He's hard to be around. He's just miserable all the time. All the time. He's miserable all the time. And I got to say, dude, I know that the love of your life, in air quotes, died. It was very tragic. But But move on, man. You have to move on at some point. It's been 17 years now. Yeah. It's okay. Jesus Christ. Meet someone new. Go on a vacation. Or like smile fuck yeah yeah make the decision not to beat children it's up to you to make those decisions it's up to you oh god so he's also very spiteful and i would say that the character we see this with most is probably harry um harry seems to bring out a really really ugly side of snape yeah and that's not to say that snape doesn't have ugly sides with other people which we'll get into in a little bit but yeah he holds so much anger and resentment and just vilified feelings towards James and the Marauders uh-huh. that really does get superimposed onto Harry, who, when Snape meets him, is 11. Yeah, it's just that nuts to me. I mean, I know that then a common thing is for people to kind of forget how old our main characters are supposed to be. But in the first book, they're 11 years old. 11 and- years old. Yeah, so think about what you were doing when you were 11. Okay. And think of a, what what is he at this point? Like, Snape, like 30-something at this he's, point? Yeah, so he's probably in his 30, mid-30s. Mid-30s. And, and he's acting like that towards an 11-year-old. Yeah, so this is like the chemistry teacher that you're taking intro to chemistry and you're in sixth fucking grade. And the this is what the teacher's like to you. Oh my yeah. god. That's Oh. Yeah. That wouldn't like fly anywhere. I mean, I would say not at like a public school, but you send your kids to a boarding school, I bet that shit like this happens. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Maybe not especially, especially but 
Yeah, I mean, like back in the day, like Catholic schools, I've heard are pretty were pretty. Uh, Catholic schools were. Uh, no, yeah, I went to Catholic school for a brief stint, and it was awful. So yeah, and that and that was in the day where we realized you can't like hit children. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. So. That's how you get serial killers is when you beat them. So. Yeah. Which That's going to relate to something else we're going to talk about. I would say that technically Harry is a serial killer. How many people does he kill? I mean, true. Yeah. But All he's right. a little bit more of like a Dexter side. Yeah. yeah. Not like yeah. wanting to kill, but like killing the baddies, you know? Um, anyway. Snape, despite all of that, is extremely intelligent overbearingly clever and excessively independent which Mm -hmm. makes him the perfect person to have this job you could not give this double agent role to someone that wasn't as holistically independently capable as snape yeah or as intelligent and clever and um i mean i say i mean he's very resourceful as well oh you you never really you never really catch him like off his feet like he's always landing on his feet no matter what Yes, and it's kind of incredible. So the one part about the story that I've always found to be just a little bit off is that Snape does it so perfectly. That uh-huh. Voldemort has no idea until the very last moment that Snape is the one who's really brought him down from the inside of the organization. And I know that it's supposed to be kind of a an homage to Snape that he was so incredible at his job and and people use that point to justify a lot of what he did, saying, well, he had to, you know, he was so perfect because he did all these things. But I, this happens for what, almost 20 years. So yeah. The double agent from the time that the murders happened to, I don't know, when he dies, like 17, 18 years later. Uh-huh. So that's a really long time for people not to catch on. And to be fair, a lot of people have suspicions. But- a lot of people do. Except for Voldemort. Except for Voldemort, which is so funny because he's so paranoid. He is such a paranoid character. But I think... He offs his own people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, Voldemort not realizing that Snape is, like, taking him down from the inside is less of a tribute to um, Snape and his abilities and more um attribute to Voldemort thinking that he is just purely unstoppable and that all yeah. of these people could never bring him down he's so, just so yeah he's he's so arrogant and um so self-assured in his own basically immortality that he could never think that Snape could bring him down I don't think it's necessarily that oh Snape was perfect because clearly especially Bellatrix knows oh yeah that there's something fishy going on So there's no way that, yeah, so there's no way that if Voldemort didn't have those things standing in his way that he wouldn't have seen that Snape was like this. Yeah. So, and and now Snape was a great double agent. I won't, you know, discredit him. Super great. But I mean, a lot of him being a double agent has to do with the two organizations that he was actually a part of. He got a lot of external support from Dumbledore in a lot of ways. I mean, Dumbledore, um, I think condoned a lot of what went down. And yeah. that has to be a little bit of a confidence booster when you're a double agent who's about to do some really shitty stuff when the good guys, in air quotes, say, it's okay, this is the plan. <laughs> so Yeah. And Snape wouldn't have been so great at it if Dumbledore didn't kind of sacrifice some of his 
um, reputation to make it seem like he was just dumb and being fooled by Snape. Absolutely. And that's, I think that one of Voldemort's biggest mistakes was underestimating Dumbledore. A thousand percent. Now, it always says, you know, the only person that he ever feared was Dumbledore. You know, whatever. Maybe they have a mutual respect for each other as wizards. But I think that in a lot of ways, he underestimated what Dumbledore was willing to do and allow to happen in order to get the result that he wanted. Yes, because he probably, even though he feared him and everything, he probably also thought that Dumbledore was just as afraid of death as Voldemort was. Or that Dumbledore was too good of a person to let some of this stuff happen, or that Dumbledore Uh um, didn't know enough about Voldemort to know what his next moves were going to be. I mean, underestimating Dumbledore is never a good move. Never. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And I'd say that underestimating Snape is never a good move either. No, because... He is impatiently patient, uh-huh. which I, in some ways, he's been waiting on things for 17 years. And right. in other ways, he needs instant gratification yes. right away. ASAP now. Yeah. I feel like he is patient with himself and impatient with other people. Oh, yes. Which a lot of people are. This is a very common yeah. trait. To feel Absolutely. like you, you got all the time in the world, but other people need to be chop-chopping, you know? Right, yeah. Um, now, some things that we see come into play a lot in terms of his personality traits are that Snape is jealous, arrogant, and a little bit delusional about Hold the little. Hold the little. I mean, there are He's quite of, delusional. There are a lot of people that firmly believe that some of the beliefs that Snape held were justified, which we will talk about here in 45 seconds, guys. Yeah. But if you take a step back from the situation and you change the names in the story, it sounds bad. Yeah, I it's mean. It's all bad. Have we, has, okay, if, if anybody has seen the Netflix series You, have you seen it, Sarah? I've seen commercials for it, but I have not watched okay. it. Well, it's A, it's hella good. You need to watch it. But it is, I think of the main guy in it as Snape. To me, same kind of personality. Um, If you've seen it, you know, I'm not going to go into it. But just saying. You should watch it and then you'll see what I mean. Because he's a stalker who is gross. And he has delusions. Anyways. um, Last trait that I think plays a big role is that Snape is kind of a narcissist and he's also just a cold person. Which yes. I know he needed to be a cold person to people to fulfill the role. Yeah, whatever. But he is so far up his own ass sometimes that it's oh a my god, he, call- he calls himself the Half-Blood Prince. Yes. He signs his notebook like that. Are you kidding me? Yes. He's just like Voldemort and giving himself a fancy little name. Which, I gotta say, Voldemort won that one. A hundred percent. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's much better than the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Half-Blood Prince isn't, I mean, I guess it's creative given his birthing situation. I mean, it's just the same kind of um, thing as, like, Lord Voldemort didn't want his, like, muggle father's name. Mm -hmm. Neither did Snape. Yeah, but Voldemort came up with something that, like, is cool. It means flight of death in French. That's oh, definitely. Awesome. That's yeah. Worthwhile. No. No. What I'm saying is that, like, it's a similar, like, I'm not. I'm. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not worth. You know. I'm much yeah. more. I'm much more important than my blood status. Like, I'm still. I don't know. Like, 
thinking they're better than sliced bread or whatever the fuck that saying is. Guys, there are so many things that are better than sliced bread. I can't think of them right now, but I will think of them as we do this episode. I'll let you know. Technically, the saying Um, is best thing since sliced bread, but, you know, whatever. Sliced bread isn't that great either way. Okay. Everyone. Are we getting into it? Get a cup of tea. Get a snack. snack. (laughs) We're we're all snacking on this podcast. Get somewhere comfy. Turn your volume down. We might yell a little. Probably. We broke down Snape's controversy into four main categories that all have subcategories. And we'll we'll add lib a little because, honestly, it's hard to put it all down onto paper. But the biggest, I would say, one of the two biggest Uh is that Snape did what he did because he was so in love with Lily. Do we just want to go into bullet A that we put? I think that's the first thing. Right? Yes. Let's just do that. So, and our comment is, does loving someone, even if you love them the most, redeem being such a shitty human being? Not even a little. No. Not even a little. Serial killers love things. uh, Ted Bundy was in love with a girl. Yeah. They have children. He wanted to be a father. He killed like 12 people. Right. It does not even close to redeem horrible actions just because you love someone. So that's what is one of the so frustrating things about some of the Snape redeemers is that it's like, oh, but he did it because he loved Lily. Who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. He was a shithead. Yeah. And also, let's, let's not pretend like Snape really did all of it because he loved lily and that's another point yeah because snape shits on her memory every day when he treats people like he treats them yeah like lily would have been so opposed to everything that snape is doing so to say that he does it all because he loves lily and because he feels guilty about lily there are so many other things that he could have done that would have been a better honor to her memory or that would have been more appropriate to the situation. Right. He, If he really was doing something because he loved Lily, he would have taken care of Harry. He would have tried to at least been a, a mentor. He would have probably been in Harry's life since Lily died. He also probably would have been, oh, I don't know, close to Lily when all of this was happening. He wouldn't have he, been in the fucking Death Eater. He would have been close to Lily, like, in general. Let's, right. Let's not forget that they were good friends. And then they were not good friends anymore. And they were not good friends for several years before Lily died. It's not like Lily died and their friendship and it was all very nice. It's not like it was Uncle Snape. No. Right. No. Snape had joined the Death Eaters. To kill people like Lily. (laughs) And had gone off on his own little adventure. And they had been not friends for several years. And then Lily dies. And Snape is like, you know what? Shit, I loved her. Yeah. And we're all like, eh. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is where good people do bad things, bad people do good things kind of comes into play because there it's very difficult when I listen to people say he did it all because he loved Lily. He was doing it in Lily's memory. No, he was they not. Look at, they look at the very, very end result. Which is that Snape was instrumental in stopping Voldemort from taking over, killing people, so on and so forth. Right. That is true. 
But to ignore the 17 years leading up to that is inappropriate at best. Yeah. And also, was Lily's death the catalyst for Snape becoming a double agent? Yes. Yes, it was. But after that point, he did nothing that Lily would approve of or want. So how can you say that the end result is then because he loved Lily? It's not. Uh And he then went on to hate a child who looked like his father, but had a lot of Lily's qualities. Right. Harry has a lot of personality traits that are from Lily. A lot of them. More than James, I'd say. A lot more than James. I mean, he definitely got a few of James's, but Mm -hmm. Harry is a good-natured person who is generally nice to people. And he sees the best in people. That's one of the things that people bring up the most that is like Lily. So, that's just... (sighs) Yes. And let's just talk about Snape's love for Lily. Okay. Just for, like, a quick second. Let's do that. Just for a second. So, people like to say that Snape loves Lily. And that some of his heartbreak and you know, turmoil around the situation were justified, which, you know, to a certain degree, maybe it was. But (laughs) Lily did not love Snape. And not it was unrequited love overall. And that's like the least you could say about it. Like that she didn't love him. There was no relationship. The most you can say about it is that he was delusional and he was ba- almost stalkerish because I would say very stalkerish. Yeah. Yes. Because like, so for him to say that he loves Lily when they were children, totally valid. I a thousand percent can see that they were friends. He was, I mean, she was really his only friend, but after the split of where they weren't friends anymore, which by the way was Snape's fault. Let's just put that out there. I don't understand how you can say 20 years later but I was in love with her. And then yes. it's not love. It's this built up relationship in your head that didn't exist. It, it shows a lot of infatuation traits, which yeah. I don't know why people in general have romanticized relationships like this. Oh, no. They get a lot of attention. A lot of people justify behaviors in men like Snape has. But Snape was obsessed with Lily. Yeah. He was infatuated with her. Lily made it clear that there was nothing romantic going on. Yeah. Several times. We get, we, we get a lot of insight into the fact that they were really good friends and Lily enjoyed their friendship, but that there was nothing romantic that was happening. Yeah. And Snape felt like he had ownership over Lily. Yes. Which is why... He treats her so poorly when it seems like maybe she's going to date someone else. And not only... Maybe she's going to do something else. Yeah, and not only that, but you can tell that it's ownership and obsession versus love because when Lily has things that she loves, Snape wants to destroy them. He doesn't care that um, if Harry and her husband die, all he cares about is Lily. That's not actually loving someone. If you loved her, you'd want her to be happy. You'd want her, the things that she loved, to be safe and happy. No, that's not to say that you don't feel excessive pain when the person doesn't love you back. Right. right? I know that if Harry decided he didn't want to be with me anymore, I would still want him to be happy, but I would be heartbroken. Right. But I wouldn't actively hope that his new wife and son die. Right. That So that I could be with him. Yeah, that is then obsession and ownership and delusion. That's not love. I don't. 
Snape also, immediately after they're not friends anymore, goes and joins a militia rebel group that's killing people like Lily. Yeah. The hell? And it's, it's, I don't know why people don't touch on this, but Snape knew what the Death Eaters were about before he joined. Absolutely. He called Lily a mudblood. It's not like he joined the organization, then realized they were killing no. people. No. Like so when he's so distraught and so taken aback that they have killed Lily, I'm like, bro, what did you think was going to happen? For real. The wizarding community is not that big. Yeah, honestly. Not that big. Ugh. And, ugh. And it's, it's very difficult because a lot of people have highly romanticized the relationship that they have. Um, and I, I, I feel like oh. I think part of that too is because most of us read it when we were kids, or at least were exposed to it, movies, whatever, when we were kids. So we don't understand that, like, hey, just saying you love somebody, yeah, that doesn't mean that it's actually love. We, as we get older, we realize that there are complexities where we start to realize, hey, this that's not love. That is delusion and obsession and ownership. There's a lot more to love than just saying that you love somebody. Yes. And I think people need to make a distinction between what Snape did. Snape was not a saint. Snape was a martyr. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference in the motivations of those people. Yeah. And Snape was a self-imposed martyr. He made the decision that he couldn't live with what he had helped to happen and changed his life for that, but didn't really have to change a whole lot. I mean, basically, he just said, I'm going to keep doing the same shit. But I'll also give you some information. Right. So it's not like Snape had to make a radical change right. to to do this for Lily, you know? I think it was a big decision because we talked about it in the last episode that, like, there are a couple points in Snape's life where, like, points of no return and deciding to become a double agent is one of them. And I will always commend him for that. But that doesn't mean that everything is done for Lily and it doesn't mean that he's redeemed. It doesn't. Yeah. And I mean, um, one of the quotes I read was that Snape has fans, not because he's a good person, but because he's pitiable. Yes. Which I think is absolutely appropriate. And I don't know who wrote that because I was just scrolling through forums and they probably had some name that was like Harry Potter fan 5000 or whatever. Right. But that's great. Yeah. But that's that's true. And that kind of gets into another one of our points is that he's redeemed after his brave acts were they brave acts i mean do people actually like snape because of what he did or do people like snape and feel he's redeemed because it seemed like it was really hard it seemed like what he did was hard when in reality what he did was stay the course that he was already on Mm -hmm. and agree to give some information did he put his life in danger yes yeah i would like to submit to the board that everyone who is alive at that time had their lives in danger yes true so let's put that on the record yes um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that he did do something that was incredibly brave. I don't think that I think it's unfair to not give him credit for that. But like you said, everybody was doing brave things at the moment, so it's not that crazy. But when it's can it can it really be a brave act? I mean, we've tried to put this into words before, but there's something behind the motivation of a brave action that Snape just doesn't quite meet the criteria for. Because it's it's pretty self-motivated. Yes. And he I've started to really see it from the perspective that 
he really does all of this because he feels like he owes Dumbledore, not because he thinks that it's a good thing to do, you know? See, I don't... Dumbledore, Dumbledore says, hey, I will help you try to protect what's left of this legacy that you're so in love with. And then Snape's kind of on board. I, I don't know that he... I, I don't know. I don't think that it's he's doing it because he owes Dumbledore. I don't think that's it. I think if there are if there's one main motivation, I think it's guilt. Mm-hmm. And I also think it is his, let me see if I can put this into words. So his elevated sense of self, I think that with the guilt, he thinks that he's the only person who can fix it. You know what I mean? I don't think that, um, I don't think he, think he owes Dumbledore a damn thing actually I think it's quite the opposite because he went to Dumbledore hoping to save Lily and then Dumbledore couldn't do anything or whatever and so I don't think he owes him anything really at all I think it's out of guilt that he does this yeah I mean I think a lot of Snape's life is motivated by guilt yeah he I don't know I maybe he sees this as like his chance to be a hero we gotta kind of put it out there Snape was kind of a loser as a kid. Yes. And that's what I mean. It's like his elevated sense of self of being like, I can do this. And I'm the only one who's going to be able to do it. Even though there's nothing in his past that says that he can or should. Even though there's an 11 year old who ends up doing it, but that's fine. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But Um, I still think it can be brave. I just don't think like, like you said, and we've said in in, uh, last episode that like, there's a difference between Snape's bravery and Harry's bravery. Totally different motivations very true but and bad people can be brave and do brave things yes they can i i do think that people ignore the very selfish motivations that snape has a lot of the time uh-huh. it's it's very hard to hail someone as a true hero when it's all very selfish when it's all very self um, and i fulfilling. i think that might be the distinction is that yes he did something brave and it did save or help a lot of people, but Harry is a hero because he was doing it purely to help other people. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the distinction of like, yes, he was a brave guy and he did some good things, but Harry's a hero. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And I will just say this one more time. Snape was so selfish that he was willing to let James and baby Harry baby die. Yeah. As long as it meant Lily lives. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck. And that's where it comes up to like obsession, not love. Ownership, not love. He wanted to own Lily in the way that he wanted, not as her own person or anything like that. It was all his delusions in his head. So it's a tough look, bud. Tough look. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we kind of get into the shitty parts of Snape, the truly shitty parts of Snape, which are kind of in two separate categories but Mm -hmm. one is that Snape was bullied so his actions may be justified and the other is that Snape had to be a bully in order to be a double agent right so we'll look at Snape as a victim first because it is not fair to not acknowledge that he went through a lot of stuff he had a shitty he had a shitty childhood yeah 
He had a very shitty childhood. But. But. <laughs> but. That doesn't mean that you get to be like this. Just because you had a shitty childhood doesn't mean you can go kill 12 people. Yeah. That's not how that works. No. I mean, look at every serial killer who was, like, molested as a child. It's like a, that's, that's tough luck, bud. But shit. You can't just go kill people. And no, you can't. You can't be physically and emotionally and psychologically manipulative and abusive to children. You can be a victim and an abuser at the same time. You can. And and it happens a lot. Yes. Which I think we've talked about before. It happens a lot. Yeah. But we also have to remember that when Snape was being bullied, and I'm not justifying the bullying. No. But it's different when it's one child bullying another child and when it's an adult and an authority position bullying children yes absolutely i I see that as very different and that's not at all to downplay child on child bullying or to say that it's not just as damaging but but children are not authority figures yeah who you have to listen to and you have to feel like they're in charge of you and you have to feel like there's no way that you can confront this issue because it will ruin your life yeah and children can make mistakes because they don't know how to deal with anger or insecurity or things some complex emotions like that not excusing bullying putting that out there but as an adult you're expected to know better and you're expected to not bully a child you yeah you are the one who knows the most how to deal with your anger insecurity etc the child doesn't so when it's two children it's different than an adult and a child it's totally different it's a really bad look for snape from my perspective yeah that he's taking it out on someone who was not part of what happened to him yeah so he had no fucking choice this is this is the son of the people that bullied him harry didn't even know his dad yeah so it's not like Harry had all these old stories and was making fun of Snape and this and that and the other. You know, Harry lost both of his parents, does not know them, does not know anything about what has happened. Yeah. And then Snape is like, yeah, I'm going to fuck up your life. Right. It's just it, how Snape treats Harry and the other children, to me, is the number one reason that he is never going to be redeemable. And I don't care what you say. you know like he he not just bullies he's not just a dick he tortures children mentally and physically tortures kids why and and it's outside of harry yeah i don't know why people choose to ignore this so much because i do feel like it's really ignored people like well you know harry had a connection to james and that's where it's not good but he can see it and i'm like okay what about all the other people neville hermione they get really really shitty yeah situations with Snape and the number one thing yeah the number one thing I always bring up to like people who say that argument of like well it was with Harry or whatever and I'm like Neville's parents were tortured and his biggest fear is not the woman who tortured them it's Snape are you kidding me you know because of how horrible Snape is to Neville who had nothing to do with it at yeah, all. Neville is Neville is far and left to the whole situation a majority of the time. And in fact, and... yeah, and I think that Neville is actually a great juxtaposition to Snape himself. Neville had a shitty ass childhood. He is mm-hmm. bullied constantly by Snape being one of the bullies. 
And then, but Neville doesn't turn around and act like Snape. The same way that Harry and Voldemort are kind of, you know, show that uh, two different branches of the same kind of childhood. Snape and Neville mm-hmm. are the same way. Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree. So the fact that Snape treats Neville like that, like, uh, do you just hate yourself? So you just like hate anybody who just seems like you? Is that it? It. A lot of Snape's actions to me look like the actions of someone who knows that they're just going to die at some point. Yeah. And you don't really have to take responsibility for things if you're going to die soon. And you don't really have to take responsibility for things if it's actually because you're a double agent. So, you know, I kind of had to. And yeah, that's in those ways. Snape is very childish to me. Oh, absolutely. Because he, for someone who is so smart and is so involved in something so huge, he is very immature about something. Yes. He, he has a really hard time letting things go. He has a really hard time just not doing whatever he wants because he can. Yeah. Which that's a very difficult thing to let someone in such a position of power do, especially because let's be honest, no one's checking in on these kids at Hogwarts. Not even a little bit. No. No one no one is making sure that these kids are okay. Um and the other teaching staff is pretty far removed from it all because they're quite consumed with whatever they're doing. Right. And the headmaster knows it's happening and he's just like, yeah, I guess we have to let it. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I think Dumbledore has a complex situation with that. We've talked about that before, but I, I don't understand. Like I know Snape could have been mean and hateful towards Harry. Yes. I feel like he had to be a little bit because of the double agent. Sure. But it doesn't excuse how he acts, you know, 99% of the other time. And then one, yeah. of, the, one of the things people brings up, too, is the whole Charity Burgess situation. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, like, I don't know if there could have been a way that that could have gone down and been okay. I, know. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a, a positive solution for what he should have done differently. No. But in that situation it almost seems like snape is enjoying the power and the actions of the organization that he's a part of yes and 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 if you don't fully understand what we're talking about charity is the one that um she was the teacher that was missing and brought in um to the malfoy manor and voldemort kills her in front of everybody while charity is saying snape we're friends help me please yeah she teaches muggle studies muggle relations something muggle related yeah muggle studies yeah yeah. Mm mm-hmm um, and then Voldemort kills her and feeds her to Nagini. It's a very... It's a horrible harsh, scene, yeah. It's a harsh scene. Um, yeah, I mean, they... I don't know if she says how long they've worked together, but it's implied that they've worked together for quite some time. Yeah. That they would at least be on a fairly okay basis. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Snape should have done differently. Right. I don't have a creative solution. If he steps in and says, don't kill her... It, it puts him in a really awkward place as a double agent. And I know that this is probably what being a double agent is like, you know, you got to kind of let some shit happen that you don't like, Yes, but it's just, it's, and I snake doesn't seem affected by it whatsoever, which maybe that just means he's a really good double agent, or maybe he just didn't know her that well. And it just wasn't that big of a deal to him. But I mean, we've seen like with baby Harry and James, that if he doesn't directly have a connection with you, he doesn't care. Yeah, so, doesn't care if you die. So there's that. But also, I think that um, comparing the charity situation and how he treats all the kids at Hogwarts are two different things. Because 
yes, there's nothing, in my opinion, that he could have done in the charity situation that would have been okay for charity and kept his double agent status. However, I agree. He was not, we just talked about how he's basically not monitored at Hogwarts by anybody. Um, so torturing children who are not right in front of Voldemort, who are not um, uh, in such a way where he couldn't not be a total shithead and not be a double agent. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's totally, one of them is life yeah. and death and one of them is not. Even behind closed doors, Snape is a horrible person. Right. Even, even when Dumbledore kind of questions what Snape's doing with the boy, you know, uh-huh. it, it's not, no one ever really addresses it. No. No one ever really gets into it. And then uh, when Death Eaters take over and Snape becomes headmaster and people are like, well, he really protected all the students from really bad stuff happening. I'm like, the Karos? That's not pre- yeah, let's not pretend like bad stuff didn't happen. Yeah. Just because kids didn't die all the time doesn't mean that what was happening was okay. Right. I think there's really only one point where we see Snape be not a totally horrible person. Um, in Other than obviously at the end. But of like him maybe aligning with the correct people. And that's during all of Umbridge's reign. And especially at the end where Harry confides in Snape you know they've got Padfoot in the place where it's hidden and then Snape is obviously the one who goes back and back and tell the order that's the only time where I think he's he played the double agent role well without hurting anybody you know what I mean it's yeah he kind of does it in Prisoner of Azkaban as well he does protect the children yes um, but I think he's also kind of hoping that he'll hurt Lupin and Sirius in the crossfire yes. of protecting the children. Yes. It has which... nothing to do with the child's welfare, but rather him being the hero and being the hero in front of these people who he hates and them right. feeling it's... the wrath of it. And that's why it's just hard for me to get behind Snape in a lot of ways because every time he's doing something good, like protecting the children from a werewolf, there's something ulterior going on. Yes. There's a bigger picture that you don't generally have to look at when people do brave action. There's never, um, yeah, there's never a pure moment for Snape, even when he's dying and he tells Harry to look at him. Not because he, I mean, he says it, but it's not because he cares about Harry. It's because he has, it's because Harry has Lilia's eyes. And people always look at that as like a tender moment. To me, that's a disgusting moment, to be honest. That's a disgusting moment. He's like, stand here and let me die looking at your eyes, pretending you're your dead mother. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. I don't, I don't like Not that, that oh, you're I, this child I've known, you're Lily's son, and I do care about you. It's, it has I, nothing to do no, with that. Yeah, there's no, I should have done better, I should have done it differently, there's, it's selfish. He's got a lot of it's, selfish It's moments. still that delusion, and yeah, selfish, and self-centered. It's, oh, oh it gives me the chills. Oh, gross. Um, and I mean, all of this. And then Harry decides to name his child after. And I do, and I do think that that's the reason that some people are in the Snape Redeemer camp is like they're like, well, Harry forgave him. Harry, Harry redeems him. Yeah. So we have to. I don't think that's the case. I'm gonna throw this out there. Harry's not that smart of a boy. Not in a lot of ways. In some ways, he's very smart, and in other ways, I think that he is is, I think his issue is that with that specifically is that he's like Lily he sees the best in people even despite the fact that he shouldn't you know 
That's what I was just going to say. He's very loyal to the good and evil. Yeah. So yeah. because at the end, Snape made a gesture that was, I mean, Snape dying was integral to what happened. Yes. So I think Harry recognizes that. A lot of people died, though. You don't have to do that. Right. A lot of people died making that exact same gesture. Yeah. Towards the cause, you uh-huh. know. You don't, you don't have to. And I also think that a lot of it, again, comes from guilt. Harry assuming that this person was just, you know, horrible the whole time and a death eater and everything and not realizing that Snape was doing a lot on the other side to help mm-hmm. the very cause that Harry was trying to fight. So I think there's guilt and I think it, I think it does come back to, like, he sees the good in people to a fault. Oh, yeah. Big time. You tired? Ugh. Oh, yeah. Big time. I've been up till like, 2 or 3 a.m. the last few days, and I just don't live that lifestyle anymore. Dude, I feel. I feel you. And we went to a college party oh, good God. last night. And let me tell you, I don't miss college. I miss some parts of college, but even when I was in college, I didn't like those kind of parties, so. I don't miss people drinking out of my cup and me getting sick the next oh, day. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't. I don't miss people screaming lyrics to rap songs oh, no. that I don't listen to. No. I don't miss people being like, eh, I've had five beers and three shots. And I'm like, no one fucking cares. Yeah, guys. literally nobody cares. FYI. If you can count them, you're not drunk. Yeah, for real. So. Yeah, no, I don't miss that part. Not even a little bit. And then I had to Uber home by myself, which I hate Ubering by I've myself. I've never done it because it don't... terrifies me. If you don't know, Ubers are fucking terrifying. It ended up being fine. The lady was very nice. But... It also cost me a shit ton of money to get home. Yeah. Because it was like Uber extra time, whatever. Yeah. And I, it was like a, I drive, it, the person lived like right behind where I work. And I worked like eight minutes away from my house. And it cost me $25 oh, to get home. Oh, no. Time. Oh, yes. But I didn't have any other way to get home. And someone whose name will not be mentioned wasn't ready to leave yet. So. <laughs> yeah. That sounds horrible. Guys, the point is be single forever. Then you don't have to go to parties. That's tomorrow. the plan. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? What is this podcast about? <laughs> this podcast is about whatever we fucking want. I mean, that's true. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a pretty good synopsis of Snape. I'm, I would say that I'm very proud of ourselves, first of all. I, I think now, I will say, a lot of these opinions are relatively generic in the universe of Harry Potter. Yeah. Because, or a lot of these statements you know that he had to be cruel to people and stuff we know um that's we wanted to talk about the ones that everyone talks about yeah. that's why we did them uh-huh um there will be more snape insight in future episodes this is not the last time you'll hear us hate on snape um no. is there any I, before we sign off though because this really hasn't been as long as an episode as, as i thought it was going to be no i think it's because we've been sprinkling it into the last 50 episodes i mean that's true but is there one that you've seen that's just like off the wall uh, Snape controversy off the wall. We talked about how these are the ones that are the most talked about. Is there one that you um, can think of that we can talk about? I did read one where the person's only sticking point was that Snape was a bad teacher. <laughs> and that, what? And that they were really disappointed that Snape just wrote things on the board because that's not how you teach children. Children need to be shown how to do things. And, I mean, and like, that is the that point. That's, yeah, Snape's also a bad teacher on top of all of this, which is so disappointing because Snape probably knows more than almost anyone else there. And that's true. And we've and, brought that up in other and, episodes. And I kind of get the feeling that Snape was pretty self-taught, which means yeah. he knows how to teach it. He Harry's able to follow examples from his 
potions book and is exceedingly successful. So I know for a fact that Snape knows how to explain things to people to do it better, to do it easier. Yeah. Uh, and he just really chooses not to. Well, so. I mean, also we can, we can see that um, Neville, Ron, Harry all do much better. A, the first time when they do, when they're taking their potions exam for the, is it the newts? Is that the first one? Whatever. Um, when they're not, they don't have Snape cowering over them, torturing them, and they all do better in, well, Neville isn't there, but whatever. Ron and Harry do better in potions with, um, Slughorn because he's not torturing them. So, you know. Yeah. Everyone does better without Snape around, which, I mean, that's what we would call a human cancer. Yeah. Just sucks the life out of people when they're Exactly. Yeah. That's rough. Um. I have also seen people who justify a lot of it by saying um, it's hard to analyze the situation because we see Snape from Harry's point of view, which we have mentioned in relation to a lot of different situations mm-hmm. in Harry Potter, because we, we see it from Harry's point of view. I'm sure that things were a lot different than the books say they were, uh-huh. you know, if it was all real and whatever else, but... And I do get that, but we also see a lot from Snape's point of view. And I, this is one of my main sticking points of like, you know, oh, Snape was bullied. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced because he also seems like a bully to me. <laughs> so if he could have just as easily been bullying Lupin, other people in Slytherin, other people in other houses. Eh. So we see one, one specific time where uh james is bullying but it could also have been retaliation because we've talked about how they seem more like rivals than bully and victim um so there's a lot of issues with perspective in the books in general and you've talked about it with the how we look at slytherins because of the perspectives so i can see that but i don't know i I feel like torture is torture i mean it's definitely i mean and I, not, this always just sounds like we're excusing bullying and making victims sound bad. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying, I, no. From personal experience, I can tell you that as the person on the receiving end of some of these situations in my own life, I always think that it's worse than it is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not always. Most of the time. Sometimes it is exactly as bad as it seems. But when it's happening to you, it's much more personal. You take it a lot harder. Of so course. I do think that we have to take some, some of these things with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so we, we also know that Snape is delusional. It plagues the series. It is yeah. all over the text that Snape is like this all the time. And I mean, yeah, some of the things that he says to other people that Harry witnesses, I think it's much harder to skew the words that he says when, you know, it's pretty cut and dry that he told Hermione looks about the same when her teeth were growing to a length where they might penetrate her body after right. she's cursed. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is the guy who, he was, he was the one who ended up doing dark magic. Yes. James and Sirius and Lupin didn't. Yes. So, yes. again, he, yes, he was bullied. That scene, who, no matter whose lens it's through, that was horrible. We all know that. But we didn't see some of the horrible things that Snape did as a child either. And I'm sure there were things. Yeah. I'm sure that everyone has things that they regret doing. I'm sure that Snape has a lot of Yeah. I mean, even in that scene, he comes off of bullying 
And the first thing he does to the person who stops it is calls her mudblood. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. So. Anyways. So, yeah. Snape, rough life, brother. That's yeah. Rough. rough life, but no excuse. Sorry about it. R- yeah. Rough life. No excuse. Essential to the story. Yes, definitely. Um, and And I- that's something that I don't want to downplay is that he was essential and he did do some amazing things yeah and it I, just doesn't redeem him no and it's frustrating because snape had potential to do a lot of very good things and to yeah. make a lot of much better decisions and he didn't and you know that he's smart enough and has the capacity to have made those decisions so it's yes. it's frustrating to read about a character who chose not to yeah and like you First said he could have also been a great teacher but he chose not to yeah, there are a lot of things that Snape chose not to do. I don't know if it was because he thought that they would be hard or if because it would somehow taint the fact that he's a grungy human being. I don't know, but who knows? But Snape, this is not the last time we will talk about you. So Not even a little bit. Uh, but I feel like we got our main things out. Yeah, which is all out of our important. system. It's really yeah. difficult when you're, you think of all these things when you're reading the books and watching the movies and talking about it, like through text, which we do all the time. And then we come uh-huh. to record these episodes and it's much harder than you guys would think to put it all down in a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're trying to keep it organized. To get it all and... out there. There's, there's stuff that gets, it slides by and it's, we'll, it will pick it up eventually. Don't worry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but I think we did a good job of organizing our thoughts and not being, absolutely just vengeful yeah not too hated gave him some credit where credit was due maybe yeah well well, i'm sure someone will tell us if we didn't so i mean i feel like we gave him a lot of credit but i also (laughs) feel like we just didn't let things slide either yes so absolutely um delaney what are you loving this week so what i'm loving this week is another album um this one is completely different than the taylor swift album though uh, it is Melanie Martinez, uh, K through 12, and it's actually like a visual album and oh, cool. she is a very strange girl. Um, <laughs> she, she's just extremely artistic and all of her, well, she has two albums now. They're both, um, from a character, um, oh, cool. called, called Crybaby. It's weird. But, um, K through 12 is about, uh, this character going through this, um, weird uh alice in wonderland meets tim burton uh high school it's interesting it's strange if you don't like billy eilish and lana del rey you'll hate this because it's even weirder but i'm liking it anyways what are you loving this week sarah i'm loving that i am almost done with school took my last exams this week and i graduate what's today i don't know what today is but today is nine eight september 8th so i graduate in eight days which is And I just accepted my first big girl position at a local hospital. So that's super exciting. Very and, exciting. Um, after I graduate, I just got to take those boards and then I'm, I'm home free. You'll so. be able to start killing people as an angel of death. I didn't say that. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, it's just really good to be done. Uh, the whole time that we've been doing this podcast, I've been in school and I'm just, I just want to know what my life feels like not in school for a little bit. I am going back to school, hopefully, if I get accepted, but it'll be like a year before I would go back to school. So yeah. So here's hoping. It's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling to not be like, oh my gosh, do I have a discussion post due on Wednesday? Uh-huh. Uh, but it's, and nice. it's it's weird to be like, oh, I have work and like, that's it. Yeah. And then when I get home from work, I don't have to do anything for work when I get home. Like I don't, there's nothing I have to be studying for. Um, right now, right now, I do still have to study every day, 
for a couple hours for boards. And uh-huh. I still have to do it after I graduate, which with my last degree, when I was done, I was done. Um, uh-huh. This one, because we have to take a proficiency exam, we have to take the NCLEX to be registered. It's, I don't know, it's a weird feeling because I'm like, oh, did I not, does my degree not prove that I'm <laughs> proficient? But, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But at the same time, you'll be like holding people's lives in your hands. So yeah, you know but- what? But also, I'm glad that the NCLEX, like, washes some people out. Because let me tell you, there are some people in my nursing program. Yeah. That I do not want to touch me or my family. Yeah, exactly. There are some, I mean, there are people that I work with that I feel the same way about, though. So, the best thing ever is when you go to hospitals, nurses will have lists of what doctors can and cannot work on them if they were to collapse at work. It's, that's a thing. Nice. You just, you see some of the doctors and you're like, hmm, big yikes. Yeah, that's funny. Big yikes. So, this will conclude our controversial character series. Oh, that's so weird. We have been doing this series. It seems like we've been doing this for a long time because we took a little break in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It's really only eight episodes. Um, <laughs> but it's Whoops. been good. It's been a nice deep dive into some characters that we really wanted to talk about. Uh, obviously, Snape is the what sparked the podcast for us. So Definitely. Yeah. Always exciting to... It's kind of like when they say, like, the name of the movie in the movie, you know, and you're like, oh, that's what this feels like for me. Right. Me too. Yeah. So next episode we're doing, I don't know what we're doing. I know what we're doing. We are are doing doing, uh, Crimes of Grindelwald finally because it's been long enough. Yes. Oh, that's going to be exciting too. Exciting things all around. And what's very exciting about that episode is that we're going to be in the same room recording it. I know. We're going to record from the same place, which means we won't talk over each other, probably. Yeah. I'll be able to, we'll be able to, like, read each other of, like, oh, she's about to talk. I'm not going to talk. We'll have, (laughs) we'll have really concise audio quality. You guys get hyped. I mean, I hope so. I I hope so. We still got to figure out some logistics with that. Whenever I edit is when... I noticed that, like, <laughs> we just saw all over the place. That's what yeah. happens when you do remote podcasting, though. So, yeah. So, but that next is super, time. super exciting. Yeah, next time will be better, hopefully. With so that. Exciting. Yeah. So, next episode will be Crimes of Grindelwald, brought to you from the same room. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. We would love feedback about the series that we just did. Um, it was a big undertaking to do all these characters, so definitely let us know what you think. You can reach out to us on social media at Lumos Maxima Podcast on Instagram, at Lumos Maxima Pod on Twitter, and at Lumos Maxima Podcast at gmail.com. Definitely email us. We'd love to hear about it. Um, we just love getting feedback from you guys. It makes us feel good. Yeah, it's fun. If you would go onto your listening platform and rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, that makes us feel good. It also helps other people find the podcast. If you leave a review, Go ahead and say what you like about the podcast. I know it's hard when people find new podcasts to know what they're about without listening to a couple episodes first. So give people an overview. Um, let them know how much you love it. We would love five stars. We will also take four stars. Yeah. Thank you for my coming to my TED Talk. So <laughs> that is going to be it for this series. This episode will be up whenever I edit it. Yep. At this <laughs> and... point, guys, just whatever. Just, I really, I really try. It's it's every two weeks. It's just you don't have a specific day because it gets busy. Although I do have a little more free time now, so yeah. Hopefully. And Hopefully. you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you feel blessed when we come up on your screen and they're like, "New episode," because we did that for you. I don't know so. about that, but just feel like, oh, they finally got it together. Good for oh, them. Stop. Delaney's being mean to me because I've been a little late with like two. No, I'm talking about myself. I'm talking about myself as well because there are times where I'm like, oh, I haven't posted on Instagram for like a week. 
Yeah. Oops. We are working <laughs> on our social media game. We say that all the time. We're hoping it sticks this time, though. I'm trying. So. I really am. Anyways. That is it for this episode. We will catch you next episode. Bye. Bye.